Hey everybody, welcome into the back room. I'm Andy Ostroy. We have an exciting guest today, Mary Trump. But first, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to say we appreciate you listening and that we'd love to hear your comments if you have something to say that you want to share with us. So you can email us at backroomandy at gmail.com and perhaps we'll read a few next time we're doing another episode. So before we bring out Mary, let's go to this. Let's all hate these people because maybe hate is what we need. The first thing they do is start shouting uh, police brutality. He was born in Kenya and he lived in Indonesia. The state of Hawaii says this is official. He was born in Hawaii. A lot of people do not think it was an authentic certificate. Total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously. I will pay for the legal fees, I promise. Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke? I don't know anything about David Duke. I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but... I don't know anything. Honestly, I don't know David Duke. These thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon. I said, please don't be too nice. Very fine people on both sides. Why do we want these people from, quote, all these countries here? These are people. These are animals. Proud Proud boys, stand back and stand by. So what's happening is that Trump is having a meltdown. And that is a little bit of some history as to his racism going back to his Obama wasn't born in the U.S. bullshit. But this week, as he's getting more and more terrified, he is amping up the rhetoric the anti-Semitic tropes, the the racist comments. But before we get into that, we actually have some breaking news today regarding Donald Trump. A federal judge has ordered that his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and his little Nazi, Stephen Miller, and his broadcast bozo, Dan Scovino, and a few others were ordered to testify in the January 6th investigation. And in doing that, the judge rejected their claims of executive privilege. And that's huge because that's sort of this basis from which they're you know, opposing all the prosecution and calls for them to testify. So this is a big thing, getting all them in. And uh, whether they take the fifth or not is something else. But getting rid of that ability to claim executive privilege is, is huge. Another thing that's breaking today, although we don't have any details on it yet, is that there was a mysterious white powder found in the offices of Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. So we'll unfortunately not have much to say on that, but we'll follow that later. So back to Trump. He has had a bunch of truly deranged, late night, early morning, truth social posts. He's clearly panicking. He's clearly terrified of of prosecution and the indictments that are coming. And the Republican Party, in doing that, they're they're just going nuts on George Soros. Just check this out. Some type of manufactured circus by some Soros DA. A Soros prosecutor. This prosecutor, Alan Bragg, is, is from George Soros' side. Listening to his master, George Soros. George Soros. Mr. Soros. Alvin Bragg, in particular, is the most radical DA you can ultimately get to. George Soros funded him over a million dollars. Can you imagine being George Soros? He's like, what, what do I got to do with any of this? Like, what, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I just made billions of dollars. Like, what... What are you dragging me into this shit for? You had to love Elise Stefanik at the end there just saying such complete bullshit. I mean, what this comes down to is they have this talking point, and George Soros actually has never spoken to Alvin Bragg. He's never given him any money. He gave half a million dollars to Color of Change, a pack, which did give some money to Bragg when he was running, but that's so far removed, the notion that he's directing him is pure bullshit. Yeah. No, it's 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 the Soros thing and and the and the woke 
label or like singular. It's just like anything they don't like, anything that they want to incite hatred over just becomes either woke and or Soros backed. It's all they have. It's all they have. Yeah. I mean, it's a win-win for them because there's a black DA and they can have an anti-Semitic trope. I mean, what could be better for a white supremacist? Yeah, they got a black DA in New York. They have a black attorney general in New York, Letitia James. Alvin Bragg is the DA. You have a black woman in Georgia, Fannie Willis, who is the Fulton County DA. So it's not a surprise that a lot of these racist attacks are happening because most of the people that are trying to prosecute him and investigating him are people of color, women of color. And so he's, he's, he's telegraphing to his, his MAGA people, mm-hmm. the, the white nationalists, the, the white replacement people. It, that's all this is. And you know that if he gets indicted in these places, it's all going to be about, you know, the others who came after your president, meaning your white president and the black others. And that's what this story is all about. Uh, but, you know, the cases are moving forward. You know, the, this news today is, is great. And Evan Corcoran, his former attorney, uh, uh, who was the guy who signed the certificate saying that there were no more documents at mar top secret doc- documents at Mar-a-Lago. He was forced into the grand jury today. Minor correction. He wouldn't even sign the certificate. Oh, he right. had another well, lawyer sign Right. Well, her, her name, I forget her that name. That I forget. Yes, uh, that's correct. But he's an integral part of that process, and he certainly knows whether there were more documents, whether or not Trump told him that that document, that's, that piece of paper needs to be signed, so he, whether Trump is lying or not. <laughs> so these things are all moving in the right direction. Kind of ironically, his current attorney, Joe Tacopina, Joe Tacopina, I love that guy. He should be in The Sopranos. Queens boy. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. So he's on record. They found old clips of him. Basically, now you got you to gotta understand, he's repping, representing Donald Trump in his defense against the Stormy Daniels hush money case. And what does Joe Tacopina say a few years ago? He's like, hey, Stormy's right. And this was like a bypass of like, you know, campaign fine. He literally is argued the exact opposite side. So it couldn't get any funnier, in my opinion. Over here. Forget about it. Oh, it's, it's golden. I mean, you're right. The Sopranos. He's actually too hammy for the Sopranos. He's got like the grease back hair. He's like, hey, 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 Tony. And then you have, so you have Trump who's like, I want to be handcuffed. I want to be perp wall. That's so ridiculous. What the fuck is that about? (laughs) That's going to project strength. Like, I hate to break it to you, but when there's like 4,000 federal agents around you dragging you into into a police station with handcuffs on, that does not project strength. Also, he made a point of saying, or I shouldn't say he said, because this is all rumor. But apparently he wants to be sure that the handcuffs are behind him and not in front. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't like, know, but they usually handcuff you. Like a handbook you. somewhere? <laughs> like, if, if look, if you're going to be arrested and you want to project strength, make sure the cuffs are in the front, <laughs> not the back, because that's weakness. Back cool. weakness, front strength. Will I, they be gold? I, I hope. <laughs> he probably would request, oh, can I have uh, some gold handcuffs over here? I could see that. I, I do hope they oblige him, although I do fear that they're not going to because there, there is potentially a security risk for the Sacred Service who are there to protect him. And they could make the argument that if he's in handcuffs and someone starts shooting and they have to move him quickly, 
that's going to impede their ability to protect them. And that's Ooh. one of the arguments. Listen to you, Mr. Secret Service agent. Thinking. He just has so much information all the time. Little, okay. <laughs> he, does have, he does have a lot of information. I never thought of that. And then, uh, what's so what else we have here? We have tomorrow night, Saturday night, Trump is uh, launching his presidential campaign rallies by going to Texas, not just anywhere in Texas. He's going to Waco, Texas. I'm going to Waco, Texas. I'm going to do a rally in Waco, Texas. On the 30th anniversary of the Branch Davidian cult fiasco, this is where over 80 cultists and four federal agents died. The play, the headquarters, David Koresh's cult, the headquarters literally burned to the ground and, the, and everyone in it. And this is, this is where this maniac decides he's going to launch. Now, it, in some strange way, you can almost see him sitting in a room with Junior and Rudy and all those people going, hey, these, these dummies, we're going to go down to Waco, Texas. And, and, and they don't even know that I'm joking about them being in a cult. But it's my cult. I, I Notice my Trump and my Takapina <laughs> sound exactly the same. Very similar yeah. today. I'm not sure who's who. <laughs> it does seem like his goal is to sort of disinhibit every crazy person. And what better place to go than Waco, Texas, where you could sort of the trifecta of probably QAnon and, you know, there is actually a branch of the Branch Davidians. There's, they're loaded with crazy people. But what's really horrible is imagine you're a relative of someone who died in Waco. And this is what you have to deal with. Yeah. Well, speaking of the, the, the Waco, Texas still being in existence in some part in terms of that whole craziness, there's a, a chapel down there, the Mount Carmel Chapel. And the pastor, Charles Pace said this week, Donald Trump is the anointed of God. He is the battering ram that God is using to bring down the deep state of Babylon. There you have it. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but when I hear Trump and battering ram, I'm going back to the Stormy Daniels case. I was thinking of Mar-a-Lago and breaking down doors. But, but you also know that, like, it's not out of the question. And this is the craziness of the Trump era. Because there's nothing, like, if we sat here and said, like, could you ever imagine Joe Biden saying, we'd be like, no way. But there's nothing, there's never a case where someone would say, could you imagine Trump doing or saying blah, blah, blah? And then everybody in the room goes, no, no, there's no way he would, like, anything is possible. So it's not out of the realm of reality that tomorrow night in Waco, he's like, you know, by the way, uh, David Koresh, he was very poorly treated. As a cult leader, I understand he was very poorly treated. They burned his house down. They're, they're going to blame the FBI, of course. Yeah. I mean, It'll just play right into that. You're saying that's not out of the question. I think there's no question <laughs> that course. would be what he says. <laughs> look, look, it, you, know, you know, this was his Mar-a-Lago. I understand it. I mean, if Mar-a-Lago burnt down, I'd be upset. Like, it, there's nothing that he could say that we'd be shocked at. It's going to be all the FBI's fault. And just like the FBI did terrible things then, they're doing terrible things now. And it's all one part of the yeah. government being bad. Yeah. Well, so... Do so, you think 50,000 people? How many people? I don't know. It's a wacko's a fun town. It might just you know attract people because it's so crazy and fun and wacko. Yeah, I just want to say there is a movement. I think you'll find it on Twitter to reserve the tickets ahead of time so that there's no seats left for anybody. And uh, Mary Trump tweeted about that late last night. 50,000. 50,000. Need to make sure that 50, everybody... Oh, I thought you were out. joking. No. no. 
which means there's going to be like 400 people. <laughs> and he's going to show like an empty field and then go, it's standing room only. Don't you think he'll get most of the population of Waco? How big is it? Jesus. Oh, my God. It's just like, it's like, wait, didn't he also go down south? On uh, oh, what was that? Juneteenth. Wasn't there a controversy? Yes, he did. Do, he. I don't know if he ended up doing that. I, I knew he was going to. That was the plan. You, yes. You're right. It may have been canceled because somebody with a brain said, "Donnie, don't do that." Probably Ivanka. But I don't think he listens to her. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> We're going to wacko. I I just realized that I'm doing. My Trump is like a Seth Meyers version of what? Oh, that's Trump. that's very very astute. Yeah. Do you, do you have you heard Seth I Meyers? Have. Yes. He does a very simple. You just need to say even... you're doing Seth Meyers doing. Trump. <laughs> that's I'm doing, right. I'm doing Seth Meyers doing Trump. Wacko, come to Wacko. It's gonna be crazy. All right. I thought we were gonna do one big thing today, Trump, but I'm gonna we're gonna stretch it a little bit and do two big things that I know, Maddie, you want to talk about. The, Are we talking the, about TikTok? Tack tack. Oh, I want to hear your as point. The, as the old Republican Congress people called it yesterday, like tack 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 tack. Who's on tack tack? I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts first. You know what? I have no thoughts other than the fact that I think that guy Chu Show Chu Show Chu, the CEO of TikTok, he got filleted more than my Branzino last night. That's really all I want to say. Hundred percent. He was terrible. Although I think anybody in that position would have been terrible. And they brought in Mark Zuckerberg and he was terrible. And almost everybody, Jack Dorsey has been terrible in that position. I think that the interesting thing about this is, obviously this is not really about TikTok to me. It's more about China, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, China. China. Um, it's also interesting that I've read that only one member of Congress has a TikTok account because nobody over like 20 <laughs> has TikTok. Do you have TikTok? I actually don't have it on my regular phone for various security reasons. But oh, excuse the, the, me, yeah, the real, the real secret service again. <laughs> no, but the the issue with TikTok is it is as intrusive as every American company that does social media. The problem obviously comes to the fact that that data can be taken by a ByteDance over to mm -hmm. China. And so I, China. the elephant in the room is that we need comprehensive privacy legislation that restricts the ability for any of these social media companies from taking all your data, in which case we wouldn't have a problem with this app because they couldn't get it anyway. Yeah, we'll start with TikTok and not worry about Facebook or Snapchat. But no, I think it was very revealing yesterday when the Congress people, there was this one woman, I forget her name, or a Congresswoman, and uh, very straightforward questions like, can you guarantee that the Chinese communist government, the Beijing communist government, is not using and stealing and abusing data for TikTok users in America, especially young people? And he's like, she goes, yes or no? And he's like, well, it all began. And, and she's like, no, 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 no. Yes or no? And he's like, well, we strive to. Like, yes. Of course, it's impossible yeah. to guarantee that. But if his goal was to walk out of the halls of Congress yesterday and have Congress go, Okay, we feel comfortable now. We we're not going to ban TikTok. Yeah, he it, he failed miserably. It's a it, it's a lose lose for them. It's going to happen, in um, my opinion. Here's my opinion of what's going to happen. I don't think they'll be able to ban him. Certainly, it can't be done by the president. It has to be a law, or they'll win in court because First Amendment is very strong, and just banning an app is going to be almost impossible. I think what they will do is force a sale. And when they do force that sale, TikTok stock will explode, and other social media stocks will probably drop. And that's my prediction. Mm. I don't think it's going to happen. 
All right. I think a box it, I, of I chocolate th- on the bed here. <laughs> I think if you're a congressperson and you believe and you're out there stumping on the fact that China is our number one enemy and you don't ban TikTok or at least give Biden, this is what the framework is, give Biden the power to to ban. Right. And maybe it, it kicks back to Congress to pass that law based on, you know, so it's like codified by Congress what what Biden does, but They'll, that will be the cudgel to yeah. make them sell it to an American company. In but which they case said they're they, not going to do that. They, well, they, that's the Chinese Communist Party said they don't want to do it, which is ironic because they're saying they have no control over them, but they're not going to let them be sold. <laughs> but I, I can't imagine the Chinese government like she is just not going to go. Okay, all right, fine. It's worth like, three hundred billion dollars. They will sell it's that. It's not company. about the money, though. Oh, this will be about the money when they have to lose it. Okay. However, I do also predict there will be retaliation, and that retaliation will come in the form of fucking Apple, who's got the biggest in China as an American company because they won't let anybody else in, basically. And Tesla, I think, has potential uh, blowback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, only time will tell. Only tic-tac time will tell. All right, that gets us to our winners and losers. Uh... Real quick, my my winner is Jack Smith for the reasons you discussed, the appeals court win he had the other day, and just what happened today. And our loser is a women of rural Idaho, where a hospital in Sandpoint has now discontinued delivering babies because uh, the doctors won't do it because of the incredible draconian abortion laws. So they're leaving. Crazy. I agree with you, Maddie, 100%. Justice is a winner this week. And also a woman who stormed Pelosi's office on January 6th was sentenced to three years. My loser, same theme. Wyoming for becoming the first state to outlaw abortion pills. Medication abortion providers could serve six months in prison under the law. My winner this week is MSNBC's Morning Joe co-host, Joe Scarborough, because I tweeted that he should stop interrupting his wife, Mika Brzezinski. And he thanked me in a public reply for bringing it up, acknowledged his behavior, and said he's working on changing. My loser, Christina Caramo and Michigan's GOP, who tweeted a photo of wedding rings taken by the Nazis from Holocaust victims, and said, quote, Before they collected all those wedding rings, they collected all the guns, thus comparing gun reform to the Holocaust. And I have an honorable mention loser this week, only because it's so damn funny. Florida State Representative Will Robinson, who was epically punked when he read into the record the names Anita Dick and Holden His Cock. <laughs> and folks, you can't you can't beat that. Florida's a gift that always oh, gets Oh my god. Holden His Cock and Anita Dick. And he read them and he was like, like, are they here? Like he had no idea what he was saying. Like most people would be like, Oh, you got me, you got me. And he was like, Nope, you didn't get me. I, I have to add one little quick uh-huh. other loser because uh-huh. of this in Florida. There was a representative who introduced the Don't Say Gay bill, mm-hmm. and he's been charged with COVID fraud and is facing 35 years in prison. Oh, good for him. Good for him. All right, so that brings us to our weekly rant. So Tuesday came and went without Donald Trump's arrest or indictment and no, quote, illegal leak in Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's office, as he claimed. So once again, Donald Trump is full of shit. As he promised, Trump's chief ass-kisser, Kevin McCarthy, ordered the House to investigate Bragg simply for doing his job in upholding the rule of law. Same rule of law McCarthy took an oath to defend. Instead, McCarthy's blatantly using his speakership to obstruct justice and intimidate Bragg. 
Yesterday, Bragg told top Republicans in the House, Judiciary, and other committees to basically fuck off. In response to their demand, he appear as part of what he called, quote, an unprecedented inquiry into a pending local prosecution. Republicans claim the Stormy Daniels hush money case is a bookkeeping error, a mere misdemeanor, but they had no issue throwing Michael Cohen in prison over this same misdemeanor. And things took an even uglier turn yesterday as Trump amped up his anti-Semitic, racist, violence-inciting rhetoric, referring to Bragg as human scum, a degenerate psychopath, and a Soros-backed animal. And he warned of death and destruction if he's indicted in New York. Conventional wisdom would, have, would suggest Repubs, Republicans would have dumped Trump by now because he's twice impeached under a massive investigation on the verge of being criminally indicted and has cost them everything these past six years. But they've dug, dug in even deeper. New polls show Trump's blown past DeSantis. He remains popular with 40% of the base now, and the party has unfathomably hitched its wagon to him yet again. So no matter how much he lies, cheats, steals, creates chaos, and poses an existential threat to our democracy, they keep worshiping and protecting him. A sociopath who gives zero fucks about them and returns not even a shred of loyalty. Trump is crack, and Republicans simply cannot get off the pipe. That brings us to our guest, Mary Trump. She is a trained clinical psychologist with a PhD from the Dermer Institute of Advanced Psychological Studies. She's the author of two New York Times bestselling books, Too Much and Never Enough, and The Reckoning. She is host of the Mary Trump Show podcast and is well known as the niece and outspoken critic of former President Donald Trump. Mary, welcome into the back room. Hey, Andy, it's great to be here. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Too bad nothing's gone on since we last chatted. I'm so bored. Yeah. I see, before we get started, I see you got a couple of guitars in the back, guitars in the background. Guitars. You play? I do. Wow. Uh, not as well as I want to. Uh, who does? Which I think is what 99% of people with guitars in the background would say. Yeah. Well, no, it, it's a, it's as a prop, they look fantastic. How long have you right. been playing? I, I think I started about, wow, 15 years ago. But I think if you if you added up the actual amount of time I've played, it's probably like two months. It's, it's not that bad, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, it's the kind of thing you think the pandemic would have been the perfect opportunity right. to pick it up again and really focus. No. Now you should be like Clapton by now. I, well, except for the politics and the anti-Semitism and racism. Yeah, absolutely. and I was just going to say that was a weird reference given that he was, he is anti-vax. So, uh, and, and that too, yeah. exactly. I just yeah. started a couple months ago, I started taking lessons. And oh, cool. Finding it, uh, you know, my hands and fingers are not, I play drums really well. And it's like, it's, oh, you know, like I don't even think about it, but the guitar is just so, you know, very di different, very, very different. And, uh, but it is fascinating once you figure out that like almost all of the songs ever written are basically three chords, <laughs> the same three yeah, chords. Yeah, it is incredible. And also the advantage you have is, but with both interest, uh, instruments, both hands are doing very different things. Yes. Unlike the piano. So that's, that's an advantage, no? Well, and right, right. But with guitar, not only are your, are your hands doing different things, but like the whole arpeggios and the picking and the plucking, like, like your fingers are all doing something different. It's a, I find it a very complicated yeah. instrument, but I, I, I am getting there yes. and I can actually sit and strum and 
play some Bob Dylan songs and pretend to sing. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, especially if there's no, you know, nobody around to hear how awful Absolutely. I am. Right. That was the thing. Like when I, when I played in front of other people, I was terrible. When I played in front of my teacher, I was about five times better. And when I played by myself, I was 10 times better than that. And that's just, you know, <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. Performance Delusion. anxiety yeah. is the thing. <laughs> so are you as disappointed with indictment week as I am? I'm disappointed that we fell for it. That's what I'm disappointed with. The indictments are going to come on their own schedule. Right. And this all happened because one guy lied about it. Right. One guy, Uncle Donnie. Who has no right to benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that the people, oh, nice kitty cat in the background there. That's Lyndon. Lyndon. Oh, right. We talked about Lyndon the last time you were on. It's amazing to me that he just gets to blatantly bullshit all the time, going out there saying he's going to be arrested, he's going to be indicted, there's a leak, an, an illegal leak, yada, yada, yada. And then when it doesn't happen, nobody on his side seems to give a shit. It's just astounding to me what they accept from their God. It's crazy. And it it also is definitive proof at long last, I hope, that they're in this. They are not looking for off-ramps. Nope. They are not looking to separate themselves from him. This is this is their guy. And uh it's it's the rest of us who shouldn't have fallen for it. And what's I think worse is not only did it give him attention, which he needs to be starved of as much as possible. We can't ignore him. Don't get me wrong. I know that we can't. He's too, I hate saying this, uh, because of the Republican Party, he remains one of the most powerful people in American politics. Devastating, but true. We can't pretend that's not the case. However, we should have ignored him this week because nothing was happening. And instead, he got the attention that he was craving, because I guess he hasn't been getting enough. And he fundraised a bunch of money off of this mm -hmm. stunt. But worse than that, he was given an opportunity to expand his platform to start disseminating some of the most vile, racist, anti-Semitic, and quite honestly, dangerous messages that targeted individuals. Surely uh, you're, not you're not referring to death and destruction. I'm referring... Is that bad? Yeah. No. Yes, no. death and destruction if Donald gets indicted for actually committing a crime that he committed. You know, it's but more more troubling because that's that's sort of broad enough to not necessarily to break through because I was talking to a friend of mine about this. It's very difficult to make this particular crime national problem. You know, it's not like an election was stolen, they're trying to steal your country from you. This is he paid somebody because he had extramarital sex and he didn't want people to know. It's it's hard to make that about the future of democracy. I'm thinking more specifically about his attacks on the DA, mm. Alvin Bragg, which could lead, we've seen this happen, could lead to a very dire situation in which somebody gets hurt. And, it, and he's being aided in that process by his ass kisser in chief, Kevin McCarthy, who 
unleashed the Jim Jordans of the world to go investigate using the power of Congress to obstruct and intimidate a, 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 a sovereign state's district attorney in the middle of a prosecution. It is, I, I just cannot wrap my, and maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm just a, a you know, Trump deranged syndromed libtard <laughs> who will never learn. But how is it that two years after, two over two years of January, since January 26th, how is he in the position where he can really roam this country and spew this bullshit and make these threats without seemingly without consequence. And I say seemingly because I'm one of those people that has has urged patience. It's not a thing you can just snap your fingers and indict a former president. Merrick Garland is making his case. He doesn't want to make a case and then have it not you know hold up. But it, it just seems like my patience has been running out because how long does it take? How long does it take? Because the longer it takes, the longer he gets to do this to further destroy this the, the fabric of this country. I, I just don't know. I'm with you. I, yeah. Uh, I don't know either. I, I think that I might have be less patient than you are. I I lay a lot of this at Merrick Earl's feet. Mm-hmm. Robert Mueller gave him a roadmap. Almost every single one of those 10 potential charges for obstruction of justice has reached its statute of limitations. Um, January 6th was kind of a big deal when it happened. Uh, he could have appointed a special counsel two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, none of what Merrick Garland has done has made sense because that's the only reason Donald is roaming the country with impunity. It's right. not, you know, because New York has nothing to do with that. Georgia has nothing to do with that. Um, although why it took five years in New York, that's because one guy has already been indicted, convicted, and imprisoned for the very same, actually not the same crime, for a lesser crime. He right. was just carrying out Donald's orders. So- uh, You're talking about Michael Cohen, of course. Michael Cohen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, it's almost as if, well, no, it's it's exactly as if Garland is much more concerned with the institution than the democracy the institution is supposed to be protecting. Well, it's, str- it's it's really starting to feel like he is playing politics, no matter how much he said he, he isn't. Yeah. And then when you look yep. at when he appointed Jack Smith as special counsel and you see the expediency with which he's acting and all the people he pulled into the grand jury and how fast the case is moving now, you wonder like, well, if that had started, like you say, if it started right after January 6th, Trump might be, you know, writing hieroglyphics on a prison cell wall, you know, and it's like the fact that he is just still out there and going to Waco, Texas of all places tomorrow to launch his presidential campaign rallies and on the, on the 30th anniversary of this disastrously horrific cult standoff bloody siege event it's it's i mean i, I don't know I, I mean i should just smash my head into a wall because maybe the pain of that will lessen the the frustration and anger that i have but I, I am more in your camp these days with the patients. My patients, when I say yeah. they're running out, like I'm almost to the end of my rope. And I, I don't mean to suggest that there there's not, that, that the right thing won't happen. It won't happen for Merrick Garland. As soon as he appointed a special counsel to look into Joe Biden's handling of classified information, well, no, 
let me, I lost, I never had faith in Merrick Garland because why would I, you know, I didn't, all I knew about him was that he never should have been nominated to the Supreme Court. That's all I knew about him. And then I was not happy that he was AG, but you know, he could prove himself. When he decided to take on the E. Jean Carroll defamation case on Donald Trump's behalf, making the case that defaming a private American citizen fell within the purview of his job as leader of the free world, mm -hmm. that's when I was done. Yeah, that was a red flag uh, for sure. That was a several, yeah. He, Not, he, uh, sorry, appointing a special counsel to look into what was clearly uh, just a sloppiness. I'm not saying that's that's okay. Of course it's not. But that has more to do with the way classified materials are classified and how they're handled than anything Joe Biden did. And it created this false equivalence between that situation and a situation in which Donald actually knowingly, willingly, and with malicious intent stole classified and top secret and subhuman documents there's no comparison between the two things. So he's already been stacking the deck mm -hmm. against accountability and fairness. So I think we should all be, we should give him no benefit of the doubt, but realize that Jack Smith, Alvin Bragg, Bonnie Willis, and Tish James all seem to be doing everything they can to make sure that the wheels of justice grind very, very slow, but also fine. And that's, I think that should give us some hope. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, there's been breaking news this afternoon where a federal judge ordered uh, Mark Meadows and Stephen Miller and who else was it? Like seven people all told to go in and testify before the January 6th grand jury. That executive, really? yeah, that executive privilege, Dan Scavino, that Cuccinelli, that that they cannot hide behind executive privilege. That's bullshit. So that's kind of huge. And then when you look at that and you say, okay, you know, maybe there's a method to Garland's madness that that has to be, those guys need to be testifying because what they're going to testify to is going to be foundationally part of the case and the case is going to be stronger and blah, blah, blah. So yes, we have to wait for all this legal mumbo jumbo to get through the courts and, and finally get them in. Like, so, you know, that's why I still have hope that Maybe it's not in my time frame, but I'm not a uh, an attorney general trained in the law and prosecution, and maybe there is a method to this madness. So, but it is yeah. madness, and it's just you know it's it's just unfathomable that this man is still like a Hoover shoved up our asses, sucking out every ounce of oxygen. <laughs> I know it's a horrible. <laughs> Horrible imagery, but that's what it's like. What's I, happening? By the end of the day, I'm I'm like I I'm so exhausted by this guy. The country is so yeah. exhausted by him. I mean, he's part of your family, so you have a you're like miles ahead of us in the re relay race of exhaustion. But <laughs> I, the, but you're right about the the new stuff that's been but what he's been saying about Alvin Bragg. I mean, the the image of him standing behind Alvin Bragg with a baseball bat, like he's about to smash his skull in. I mean. It's like he's daring the Garland. He's daring the Justice Department. He's daring all these people. And and it's no no. It shouldn't be a shock that the the anger and racism that he's projecting out there is because Bragg is black, Fannie Willis is black, Letitia James is black. You know, yep. most of the people going after him from a prosecutorial standpoint are people of color, women, and yeah. so 
it's feeding right into that whole white nationalism, MAGA, make America white again thing. And it's like, we're here again. We're literally here again. And it, yeah. it's just kind of crazy. But Evan Corcoran, his lawyer, was also thrown into court today. So there are things that are happening that are, um, you know, that sort of make it seem like maybe we are coming down to the wire here and the, and the, and the case is getting stronger. But to your point, they still support him. 40% of the party now supports him. He's blowing the doors off of DeSantis. They are they are tethered to him. Why do you think? I mean, as a psychologist, what what is the psychology behind today, March in 2023, still being tethered to this corrupt, dangerous sociopathic traitor who's cost them everything? Yeah. Well, the simplest or the broadest explanation is that the Republican Party has be become a party of authoritarian fascists and they attract people with authoritarian leanings. And in psychology, if you have an authoritarian personality disorder, that doesn't mean you have the makings of an authoritarian. That means you are a follower. You don't like change. Mm -hmm. You like homogeneity. Diversity makes you very anxious. And you know, you're easily swayed and manipulated. I think specifically in terms of Donald, one thing to to realize about him is that he's a very, very, very weak person. And pretty much every psychological weapon in his arsenal is it used in the service of protecting himself from realizing just what a loser he is because he has a very fragile ego. Like that's why he's always pumping himself up. That's mm -hmm. why he needs the crowds. But what they identify with is the is his weakness. Mm -hmm. Because they're weak too, and they see in him a weak person who against all odds has failed upwards in a spectacular way. <laughs> they love all the things about him that make us insane and infuriate us and demoralize us, they love. They love that he gets away with everything. And makes they us infuriated and insane. Criminality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They love that he lies with such abandon and lack of self-consciousness. They love his transgressions against norms, against humanity. I mean, that that's why it's so difficult for people on the left to understand, because it's unfathomable to us. Because he's so obviously not what he's pretending to be. He's so obviously not the superhero with the six pack and the biceps and the cape. He's just a pathetic, out of shape, deeply unhealthy person who has never accomplished anything in his life without cheating, lying, stealing, and getting lots of help from people who are much smarter and much stronger than he is. I mean, would these people wouldn't accept anything like that from anybody else in their lives. Like imagine coming home and like, mm -hmm. you know, the entire world has told you that your spouse is cheating on you. The entire world, your, your, mm -hmm. your mother, your friends, your co-work. And then the spouse goes, they're all lying. And you go, okay, that's good enough for me. Like who would do that, right? But yet that's what it's like. It's like these people have shut off their brains and their mm -hmm. their moral center, if they ever had one, and are just willing to like. If Joe Biden said to me, "Hey, we're going to we're going to indict Trump on Tuesday," and Tuesday came and it didn't happen, I'd be like, "What the fuck, Joe? 
Like how? <laughs> what kind of bullshit is this? They never get to that point. They'll, yeah, or, you wouldn't or, send them a check. No, sure. and I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't send them a check. But that's what they do, and it's just like a. I guess they're just maybe going to Waco is pretty appropriate because that's that was the, the headquarters of a cult and, and they're just in a cult right. and they're brainwashed like the Branch Davidians were. But, you know, it, it also comes down to motive, right? What what do they want? They don't want a kind person. They want somebody who hates the same people. And I think this is helpful, too, because, again, it's very difficult to understand things from this perspective because it in my view, it makes for a miserable life, but they don't want to do better than other people. Like they don't, you know, they, Democrats want to help people do better in life, mm -hmm. right? They want to make it easier to, um, to move and get a new job. If you and keep your health care, they want your children better educated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They want what they, what's most important to them is that certain classes of people do worse. That's a very different way mm -hmm. of living in the world. And and it's designed to keep them down as well. But as long as other people, the black people and the Jews and the poor, you know, whatever, aren't doing as well, that's okay. Because they have the incredible power of their whiteness to make sure that they stay at the top of that particular hierarchy right. it's deeply disturbing but given that is it surprising that they'll go along with just about anything because they they don't think they're being lied to they think everybody else is being lied to and it's all in the service of kind of keeping donald one step ahead of everybody and the one of the things about waco that's so deeply disturbing is it's just another signal that they know they don't need to hide anymore right they're literally now saying we are an anti-government violent cult that will do anything, that will use any means at our disposal to make sure we stay in power. Mm -hmm. That is so fucking terrifying. And it's not an accident that they're going. I think that Stephen Miller came up with this plan. He crawled out from under his rock and it's like, oh, it's the 30th anniversary of Waco where lots of people were killed and belonged to an apocalyptic anti-government cult. Let's be that. Did you ever think America could be at a place like this? In, the, like in, the, in your worst visions, like even at our lowest points in the, in the last 40, 50 years, like it just seems like it's insanity right now. As soon as 62 million people cast their vote for him, I realized that America could become anything bad. And the reason it's so easy, and it seems like it's happened so quickly, is because we've never dealt with our past. I mean, the American South, between Reconstruction and, and the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act during Jim Crow for a century was a closed fascist state. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we're fighting World War II and fascism and pretending that we're beacons of democracy. We're not pretending. I mean, in some regards, we were. But, you know, not for all the Black people who live in the South. So, you know, when you don't reckon with that stuff, somebody like Donald Trump becomes almost inevitable. Well, then you have a little junior Trump, like DeSantis, who wants to take all of that history, all of that accountability, out of the textbooks and erase our history even more. So, and that, this, is exactly. this is 2023. 
And it's like we're, I don't know. I mean, when I was growing up, and even up until, like you say, 2016 or whatever, I, I, I used to say, like, how, how did the Holocaust happen? How did an entire, like, I mean, Germany was a pretty cool democracy until Hitler came along. Yep. How did that happen? Now, it is so easy to understand how it happened. Because it, all it takes is somebody like Hitler or Trump to come along with the right set of circumstances, spew in the right kind of scapegoating, incendiary bullshit, rallying up people. Like out, The only difference is our economy is actually really strong. People are doing really well. Their stock market accounts over the last 10, 15 years. Imagine if we really were in a, re a deep recession or a depression. People were out of work. Unemployment was 10%, 12%, 13%. Imagine if that was right now and Trump was around. That's fucking scary because that's how Nazi Germany happened. Well, think about it. If the midterms had been held two months earlier when gas prices were high and inflation was really high, right. uh, the, the Republicans probably would have gotten 40 seats or something. But I, I have to be honest. I think the American electorate has become so untethered to the seriousness of the, the democratic pro project that uh, I'm worried. I'm also worried that if things are going well, they'll do what they did in uh, at the end of Obama's second term. Hey, you know, things are really good. Let's just, let's roll the dice. Right. Donald seems like, a you know, he's going to, I don't really know what they thought he was going to do other than what he did, but there's, there's a reason that, um, think about it, in two years, every two years, we wrote for our representatives, which is insane. Biden comes in in 2020, basically saves American democracy, saves the planet from a great recession, if not depression, saves hundreds of thousands, if not billions of lives with his COVID strategy. Two years later, they hand over the majority to the Republicans in the House. What? Like, what? really? Like, what makes you think that that's a reasonable thing to do when we're still trying to shore ourselves up from the onslaught of fascism and a terrible... It's That makes it really hard to know what's worse for our prospects. Mm -hmm prosperity or dire straits i don't i honestly don't know the answer mm -hmm. so what do you think happens with 24 i mean is it in your mind is it a given that he's he's getting the nomination i mean especially with the numbers oh, yeah. that came out recently that show he has now like 40 percent like of the base like is there any other candidate that you think can stand i mean you see the way he attacked desantis this week i can't imagine yeah. anyone on a debate stage with him that that lasts longer than that night no because they haven't figured out how to deal with him. Mm -hmm. All The only way to go after Donald is to humiliate him. And that's, I guess, some people don't like to do that. They're also worried about losing the base. But if you humiliate him enough... But how do you, do it how do you humil humiliate someone who is robotic, who has no insides, no organs, no shame? Oh, no, no, he has no shame, but he, he lives in absolute terror of being humiliated. Because shame is something that you uh, impose on yourself. Mm -hmm. Humiliation comes from other people. Mm -hmm. Humiliation is being reminded time after time what a fucking loser you are <laughs> because you can't win an election without cheating. You know, it, there are so many ways to go about it. Well, would that stop him and from lash, lashing out 
No, but that wouldn't that make it worse want, if he feels you want feels to see that him on him? Like he's usually pretty good at keeping, you know, kind of rating himself in a little bit, but we've never seen him respond to that ever. Because nobody will do it. Um, and they won't on the right because of the base, and they won't on the left because they just think it's unseemly or something. Like, I don't know. He wants to turn this country into a fascist state. I'm, I think we can pull out the stops and call him a loser. Um, you know, I'm sorry if that's rude. But uh, I think the fact that it is almost compulsory now, if you want to be successful in Republican politics, you need to be a liar. You need to be a criminal. I think we, we see that now. And his potential indictment, if he ever actually is indicted, that will only strengthen him in the party, which should signal to everybody how much danger we're in. And that plus the fact that, it, uh, you know, there was this incredible revelation about the sentence that he eats pudding with his fingers. So it's all over. <laughs> Three fingers. It's such a disgusting image. I kind of understand <laughs> why that's a deal breaker. But I would... I wish that the deal breaker was that he's basically trying to destroy the lives of everybody in Florida who's not a white guy, right. a Christian white guy. I mean, I would think, like to think that that was more compelling. Well, I mean, it, it, I got to say, like the image of him eating pudding with three fingers versus one. I mean, if you're going to do that, you got to go three finger. You got to do the, the. You have to go all the in. three finger scoop is going to be much more. But he's. If he's the answer, then then it's over. It's done. Like I I don't see him. I still think he's not going to run. That's my my own craziness. But he, but if yeah, I think I think he just is going to sit there and go. I have no shot at this guy because, as you know, when when tr someone like Trump is not tethered to reality or 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 is a sociopath, just imagine what a debate would look like now. You know. Let's say DeSantis has a moment where he's a little strong and he's going after Trump. And then Trump just looks at him and goes, yeah, you're talking about me. Why don't you talk about that trans girlfriend you had in high school, Ron? Right, exactly. And he's just like, no, he just pulls shit out of thin air. And now DeSantis on a split second is going to have to decide, do I negate, do I refute that? How do I refute it? Do I ignore it? If I ignore it, it looks like I, I did it. Like, And it's done. I mean, look what he did to Marco Rubio. Like, You can't play in that that field with him because... No one you plays can, like though, because this is the thing. He's already teeing up, blatantly calling him a pedophile. He's already, you right. know, he's he's testing the waters there. If somebody did not that to his to me face, though, public, not to his face, right? It's a big difference. If somebody did that to me in public, I would punch them. I, I mean, I'm not advocating violence, but I would just be. You don't just sit still and take that. Yeah, you can't. And that, that's the problem. They do. So he's totally in charge of the narratives, all of them. And I mean, I agree with you. If DeSantis were smart, which I don't think he is, he would sit this out and wait until 2028. But I have to be honest, I think one, he's too much of a narcissist. Um, and two, it's probably too late because he's already revealed himself to be this incredibly weak, flip-flopping guy who eats pudding with his finger. Just imagine it. The image of it is really comical. <laughs> I don't want to. And I'll be with you in a second. <laughs> the th I so resent two things. The people we're forced to talk about 
because they've been elevated in the Republican Party and the things we have to imagine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave it on that note because I don't think we can top the three-finger chocolate pudding scoop. Uh, but thank you, as always, for coming on. And uh, hopefully we will get to celebrate next week, indictment week. I hope so. I'm stocking up the champagne. I got my three chocolate pudding fingers crossed. <laughs> as long as you're doing the privacy of your home, own home, that's totally cool. Yeah. All right, Mary. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. Bye. That's episode 55. If you like what you've been hearing, and even if you don't, let us know. We appreciate the feedback. You can leave us a message at 845-307-7446. Our email address again is backroomandy at gmail.com or tweet to me at Andy Ostroyd. And when you listen, please take a quick moment to rate and review. It's very helpful. I want to thank my co-producer, engineer, and editor, Maddie Rosenberg. Associate producer Jen Hamoud, Cricket Langell for our artwork, Andy Hollander for our kick-ass music, Patricia Wynn and the Epicurean for the Backroom Studio, and a big thank you again to our guest, Mary Trump. So keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Have a great week. <laughs>